Welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast. I have on the line uh, Leslie, who is in level 22 of the course, and she has kindly agreed to talk about her experience on the course and uh, in learning Chinese. Uh, but before we get into anything specific about the Mandarin Blueprint course, uh, Leslie, tell, us, uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and uh, why you started to study Chinese. Yeah, um, I'm Leslie. I am living and working in Beijing. Mm. And... You know, I, obviously it's like, I just don't want to be, you can stay in that expat bubble where you mm. can, I remember there was a funny meme. It was like, after five years in China, man bravely passes HSK1. <laughs> and I just <laughs> don't want to be, <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, I mean, I've got the survival part down, but it's it's frustrating when, you know, you can't like communicate with the lunch lady or, you know, your Kung Fu instructor. Right. understand like you know people stop to ask you directions and you're like huh i don't know it's yeah. just i don't want to be in that expat bubble especially in beijing you can but right yeah. yeah yeah i used to live in beijing for a couple of years and during that time i didn't learn Did chinese yeah because i uh right it's, it so it's amazingly yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and it's such a huge and it's kind of i mean you'll have lots of different activities yeah. you can do there's like a whole like economy of expats so it's definitely possible to right. avoid the chinese so good on you for uh not falling into that trap that's great yeah i'm trying you know i just i don't want to be that guy if i can help it <laughs> <laughs> gotcha gotcha so had you um so you want to make sure that you're able to participate more in the society around you, not just be in the expat bubble. So uh, have you tried any other methods for learning Chinese in the past? I mean, you said you'd learn some survival Chinese, which you could probably just pick up eclectically, but like, uh, did you take any other attempts at learning Chinese before Mandarin Blueprint? Well, I think uh, the, the more accurate question is what didn't I try? <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. my God. Yeah. I mean, I, I tried a Chinese teacher and I just, I don't really vibe with the, the local study methods of road mm -hmm. learning. Sure. Um, even with your guys course and the, I mean, the memory palace things really work and it, it's amazing how the props reinforce it. Um, it's still daunting, you know, it's yeah. still an undertaking. I can't say I'm excited every day to sit down, but um, yeah, I, I tried a local, couple local teachers. I tried a couple different courses. I did the usual suspects, the apps, but they weren't worth my time investment. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm like, I admire what Duolingo is doing, but it just wasn't worth the time. I just wasn't getting, it just a lot of repetition and that just doesn't stick with me. So it's right. like time I could be doing something else in the morning. So I've tried all of them, seriously, man. There's not one I can't give you some kind of an opinion. Not just based <laughs> on hearsay, actually having tried it, unfortunately. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a story we hear a lot, uh, you know, because um, one of the problems, you know, we were, we, uh, were just checking out um, Gabriel Weiner's awesome app called Fluent Forever which doesn't have Mandarin, uh, but it does have yeah. a number of other languages. No. And uh, we were checking it out. It's really great. It's really interesting. Um, but we realized, we were like, oh, but one of the problems here is that Chinese has this extra stage that other apps, their basic structure doesn't adapt for. So you, if you need to learn Chinese and you want to learn Chinese properly, or really, let's just say you want to learn any language properly, you need to be able to read and listen to stuff you can understand. 
and reading is especially effective, but you can't just start reading Chinese. And so without that structure mm -hmm. at the beginning to make sure that you're staying within the realm of what you can understand and just, you know, learning character by character as opposed to word by word, which is how most uh, language apps do it, then, you know, you, you end up in the situation where the app gives you the freedom to do whatever you want, but it's almost like too much freedom because you can't, like with French, I could start reading French today if I wanted to, or I could start reading some right. Spanish today, right. but you can't really do that with right. Chinese. So you can't have that eclectic, like click on any word and find the definition. And you know, it's way too complicated for that. So uh, that's a, a story we've heard a lot. So when, when did you find Mandarin Blueprint and what uh, sort of was different about it for you? Hmm. Well, I must say the Fluent Forever, he's the one who got me turned on to Anki. Oh yeah. So I yeah. give him, yeah. And uh, when did I find you guys? I was actually about to give up. It just, oh, I'm okay. like, I just, just not, yeah, seriously. And I was on Facebook. <laughs> and so it's actually see like good things can come from, you know, killing time on Facebook. And I saw your guys ad and anytime I saw any ads for Chinese, I would always just check them out. Mm. And I had read this book, like encoding Chinese about memory palaces. And so when mm. I looked at your sort of free little demo, you were incorporating, you know, the stuff that Fluent Forever talked about that I liked. You were incorporating the memory palaces. And I was like, oh, plus the promise of literacy, because it's one thing to speak it. But, you know, I used to volunteer teaching people who were trying to learn to read in the States. And that's just a terrible way to go through life, like surrounded by text that you can't understand. Right. So, and I had kind of just given up. I was like, I'm never going to get Chinese and I'm definitely never going to understand the characters. Mm. So, I, you know, and then you, and then you guys took WeChat. Because <laughs> all my, oh. if you've ever worked, um, and lived in China, you know that, you know, transferring money is a thing. So I had all my money here. You were like, yeah, we'll take WeChat Pay. It's amazing people who don't. Very short-sighted if you're gonna speak, you know, teach Chinese. So yeah. I was like, screw it, I'll try it. Yeah, yeah. So you guys were kind of my little life preserver being thrown out, I guess at just the right time. Cause literally I was about to be like, all right, I'm just not gonna stress about this anymore. Cause it would bum me out that I couldn't yeah. even pass the basic thing. So mm. it's like, well, you know, either do it or just don't, but stop being in this gray area. But it's really hard if you don't, I can't do it by, I just don't have the energy for rote. You know, if you have a full-time job, there's no way you have energy for rote learning. A comment on the, on the point you made about how the, um, you know, sort of the not having the energy for rote learning and then also just feeling like you want to give up. It's like Chinese has such a low success rate. And I think a big part about it is not is because it's not just that it's a longer language to learn. It's that you don't have a clear path to get there. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that uh, it's not like it's not still an undertaking to learn Chinese. But if you at least know the next step is not going to throw me. Like the next step is not going to make me go, oh, I can't possibly handle this next step. And you just know, okay, it's a lot of steps. You know, maybe there's, uh, if there's 10,000 steps to learning Spanish, maybe there's 20,000 steps to learning Chinese. But right. still, at least you, with a problem with not having a clear path is 
you don't know what, where to go next. You're just uh, lost in the dark. So it's like, it's not only is it a lot of steps, but am I even going in the right direction? So it can be, uh, you know, quite frustrating in that way. So I'm glad to hear that we got you out of the feeling of, um, you know, just wanting to, to give up. So tell us about how that came yeah. to be the case. Cause I mean, sure. We could, we could have just been another one of those Chinese courses. That's like, you know, some of the other apps you mentioned and maybe it was slightly interesting for a little bit, but then, you know, just brought back the feeling of wanting to give up. So what was different about Mandarin Blueprint for you? Well, I think, um, like I said, I had, I'd read that book in coding Chinese. So I, I was aware of the memory palaces and I had done a bunch of my own flashcards and I just hated, I just did not enjoy it. And I remember the fluent forever guy was like, I really love doing flashcards. I'm like, Oh man, we are cut from different cloth. And you guys have these awesome, Anki decks, like, it's amazing how much work you did on those. Those Anki decks are amazing. So um, the, I think it, what kind of not sold me was, A, listening to Luke, just, you know, that opening part where he's like, blah, 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 this could be you. It's like, yeah, right, shut up. But <laughs> but his pronunciation, you know, and the, and the fact that you said you use memory palaces so that you could fix your tones because... I'm sure I'm not the only one who's had this experience. Like I, I remember I went to the bank to change money and I really did my best to get those tones right. And the guy just looked at me, they'll look at you and be like, huh? I remember I went to a coffee place and I was like coffee and he was like, huh? And I'm like, really? So yeah. that just, and, and this is after I'd been doing you guys for a while. So then I spoke to him. I was like, oh, we can do this in French since my tones aren't, oh, we can do it in German, in German. Um, <laughs> and I think what you, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, it was the memory palaces and Anki and the, and listening to you guys just speak in a way that people weren't like, there's a clip of you pitching your, um, your Mandarin blueprint to investors. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just watching them instead of nodding their heads or looking at you like, Oh, or, or then you get overly praised for saying me how it's like, Oh, shut, right. shut up. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so annoying. Um, and just like you're comfortable and you're like, you know, yeah, I sound like an American, but I'm intelligible to locals. And you could tell that from they were just, you know, caught up in the content of what you were saying. So I think it was those three things, actually, the, the memory palaces, the Anki, and then watching the locals reaction to you guys speak. It obviously wasn't staged. It was just B-roll from the event. So right. people were just being themselves. It's probably those yeah. three things. That is a great uh, feeling, by the way, when in any language, when you're acquiring the language, it's a, when you get to that point where you realize, oh, okay, the person is no longer engaging with me on the level of like, oh, you're trying to speak Chinese. Like, it's like, it's, you're now engaging yeah. with me on what I'm actually saying. And uh, it's kind of funny yes. how quickly that happens now. Like, so even just yesterday, uh, my friend and I were on a run and we got to an intersection and we had to wait for a red light. And uh, this guy next to us was saying like, you know, oh, there's uh, more and more foreigners around here doing uh, exercise. And I just took it as an opportunity to speak to him and just be like, like, yeah, we, you know, we, I, I love to exercise. And then he was like, wow, you speak Chinese. And, and then very quickly I like asked him <laughs> about how long he's been in Chengdu and whatever. And it's like, it's like flabbergasting to them in a way, but then they're really excited because then they're like, oh, cool. So like, where are you from? And what, you know, it's kind of funny though. The, uh, the reaction to me being saying I'm American has changed a little bit recently because I guess of geopolitical 
things going on, but it's still, they're still super friendly. It's still, it, it hasn't like, yeah. it's all gone from maybe like, maybe they would make a comment and say like, America is the best. Maybe they don't say that now, <laughs> but you know, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, when they actually just feeling. engage in the content rather than the, either you're like a, oh, you say ni hao, or, you know, you're at the banks to change money and, and then to just stare at me and be like, huh? Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. that, that it can be super off-putting. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice to, to feel less off because I do feel like um, it is an undertaking, especially because of the tones, honestly, just mm-hmm. A, getting hitting the tones and B, remembering them because it just completely changes the meaning. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yep, yep. Yeah, uh, the, uh, so, um, yeah, there's a great uh, story about this. My friend Kelsey from when she was, she was on the show Fei Chung Wu Rao. Well, I also was on that show one time. It's basically a dating show and uh in they shoot it in nanjing and uh she was on the panel of like girls who keep their lights on or they turn their lights off and like a guy comes up and they decide whether or not they like them and they'll talk to him and all that and she meant to say i like a guy so she's american she meant to say i like a guy who likes adventure mm-hmm. and that's mao xian and so fourth tone third tone mm-hmm. mao xian and then she accidentally said mao xian second tone fourth tone which means i like a guy who enjoys yarn because that's <laughs> mouse yeah, and his yarn so that was a pretty well, embarrassing knitting, moment for knitting, her on national knitting television. Is a thing, you know? yeah yeah <laughs> and it's so you think that these small changes but you know i think that the um my best advice for you there is to keep practicing the uh the tone pairs uh that we talked about in the pronunciation mastery so, every, you know, day, every day every yeah, day yeah. excellent yeah you, you keep doing that you'll yeah. eventually it's just because it's those patterns, uh, they come up all the time. And so eventually it'll just become second nature. But uh, and like, you, like you said, it sounds like you're doing it every day. So how's your experience been so far of like keeping the consistency day to day? Because that's, in my opinion, if you don't have that, it's really hard to succeed. So tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Well, I think you actually said something that kind of made a click go for me. You're like, it's a habit to get you to the finish line. You're like, protect the habit at any cost. And I right. was like, oh. like I, I teach English high-end, you know, spendy, Beijing spendy people. And I've used that line on them. I'm like, the habit. <laughs> the habit will get you there. Um, and that... So it makes me feel less bad because some days, like, I'm I'm just not one of these, like, I like Chinese culture. I train Kung Fu. You know, I'm here, like, but I'm not, like, over the moon about learning Chinese. I'll be, because I just have found it. I guess I've found it so daunting that I'm just right. tired. Yeah, it can so actually create negative feelings. The, so, yeah. the days when I, yeah, and it's like this baggage, uh, you know, how you have a resentment towards the language, I'm not sure, but. Um, so I, it, when you said that the habit, <laughs> you said the habit is what you need to protect because the habit will get you there. I was like, okay, so some days I never have a zero day anymore after you said that. Mm. And I feel a lot less bad because I was like, all right, the habit is the baby. I don't want to throw out with the bathwater here. Did I right. feed the baby today? Yeah. I didn't, you know, give it as much nourishment. It got junk food today, but it's still in play it's not cold. So that was yeah. tremendously helpful 
bit of advice for me when you said that protect the habit is the habit will get you across the finish line. So that's been, that switched my focus from like, Oh, I didn't do five characters today. Cause I have a little set thing I'm using. Um, that November novel month is my November productivity month. I switched it a nice. bit and I'm, I do a certain, yeah, I do a certain number of characters or, you know, I cover a page every day. That's my goal for mm. productive Nove Pro. Um, but I, I really focus more though on protecting the habit. Yeah, that was hugely helpful. Bit of, oh, I'm glad bit to hear it. Yeah, that insight. was sort of stuff that, that really stuck with me on a number of different levels, including like, you know, so I just recently this past weekend, I participated for the first time in my life in this type of event, which was a, a, called a cabrathon, which is like a, it's a triathlon, but instead of it being whatever the normal triathlon is, it was cycling, kayaking and running. And on a few occasions, oh, wow. I actually had myself thinking about those types of things on the smaller scale of like, you know, these five hours while I'm doing this exercise, but it was right. thinking like, okay, don't, you know, right now go for the fastest speed on the kayak at this moment, because you still have, you know, 20 kilometers to go. So you need to just keep the, the flow going of the, of the paddling. And it's sort of a metaphor a bit for, well, in that case, not really a metaphor, it's actually happening, but you know, it's, it is a bit of a um, analogy to what it's like to build up a skill because you can always want to be like, okay, well, I want today to be the day where I have that that equally super productive day, like you have some perfect golden day one day where you learn 30 characters easily and you're in a great mood and all that. And then your brain does this annoying thing where it goes, well, that's what every day is like now, right? And then it forgets that sometimes you're, you know, you're tired, you're, you're stressed about something else or whatever the situation, you're sick or something. And then it's like our brain goes, well, if I didn't reach the top of my potential ability, then I might as well just quit. It's this weird, like illogical thing that our brain wants to do. And I do it all the time. Um, but like, yeah. for some reason, I was luckily able to get it with Chinese where I went, it doesn't matter, just just do something, just do something today. Right. And that was largely uh, inspired by Katsumoto as well and his website, all Japanese all the time. So okay. glad to hear that was yeah. helpful for you. Yeah. So, and I mean, you know, sometimes it's like when the way you say it, or, you know, when the teacher's ready to, or when the student's ready, the teacher will appear type thing. But mm. yeah, that was, um, yeah. yeah. I, and like I said, I, I passed it along to my own students. So <laughs> excellent. Excellent. The good news is spreading around. That's awesome. So the good news of habit. Trying to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the right. next, the, the next area I wanted to talk to you about is specifically the uh, character learning because um, this is the area where you know Mandarin Blueprints probably our strength is the character learning system and so I wanted I'm curious about how um, that process has gone for you. You're in level 22, so that means you're in uh, now. I guess you're in phase four of the course now, where you're going to start to have some longer yes. form content, but. Uh, phase phases one, two, and three, and well, all the phases have the character learning as a part of it. So, two kind of a twofold question. One is like about how long into the course did you feel like it took before you uh, really understood the character learning method? Like that—that that is to say, like how many characters did you have to learn before you're like, oh, okay, I get it. I see what needs to be done here for each character. Do you like? Do you have a number on that? Pro probably like twenty characters, fifty characters, something like that. Yeah, I'd say within the first 50. So I, I kind of didn't really understand like the the why I was using the child at home, the female character. So I just went with it. 
So how long did it take you when you were going through the first two phases of the course before you felt like you really understood how the character method worked? So that, you know, when you do the first 10 characters, a lot of times people are like, okay, this is a brand new way of learning. So it's a little bit complicated, but eventually you kind of get the hang of it and you're like, okay, no problem. I can, I understand what I have to do for each character. About how many characters that take before you felt like you had a good grasp of the method? Um, yeah, probably, probably 25 to 30 characters. And yeah. basically I just followed your instructions and was like, you know what, I'm sure it'll become clear. And it did, it did. And I remember the first, but what I didn't anticipate was how having props for the characters would reinforce learning the character. Because I remember one in particular was my prop for a manly man is Clint Eastwood. And there was a scene I had, a movie scene, where Clint Eastwood had a notebook and he was talking to Tina Fey about her body. And I remember seeing the character with like, you know, Clint, I was like, Clint Eastwood in a notebook. What was he doing? Oh, yeah. Talking to Tina Fey. Body. I knew the tone. You know, and that was cool, like the re to reverse yeah. engineer the character and have the character like bring the, you know, the props bring the character up. So that, the first time that happened is when it kind of like clicked. I'm like, oh yeah, this is really cool. It's not just about literacy, but those reinforce the actual characters, those little stories. Yeah. And it's really nice to be able to read a menu or, you know, to read a price list. Yeah. Sure, just common sure. ads, you know? Yeah. But that, yeah. that was, I think where the click occurred for me. Yeah, it's so cool how like you can, it, what I would say it's analogous to is like if you walk by a, uh, a store or a coffee shop or a, a place that you haven't been for a while and you just look over at it as you're like walking down the street, you can suddenly be flooded with memories mm -hmm. of things that have happened in that place. And that's like, you know, walking right. by my old elementary school or something and I see I just right. memories from elementary school jump in there. And uh, right. that's, it's the same thing. It's just, it, instead of that, instead of it being a real memory, it's just a manufactured memory, but it's still, uh, right. you know, you can still remember Clint Eastwood standing there with the notebook talking to Tina Fey. So like <laughs> it worked, you know, your brain can't seem to make the distinction. And so that's why it's just, it's all been a game of figuring out, okay, what are all the ways to make these manufactured memories even more memorable by thinking about how memory right. works. And so it's uh right. i use it all the time in life now like a, that particular skill because it just helps with um just remembering things like people's names or like like i met a guy last night yeah. who was from um bangladesh and his name was abash which is like not a, a western name but i was just like okay abash well bosh makes me think of chris bosh the nba player and so right. i just was like imagining a bunch of them and being like pick a bosh uh, from like as if they were like <laughs> you could just nice yeah and then i just remembered his yeah. name as a result of that and it's like uh all of that stuff it, it applies more universally than just chinese but obviously it's very useful for chinese characters because it fits so well mm -hmm. so speaking right. of that kind of idea so how long now approximately on average does it take you to learn one character that is to say the meaning and the pronunciation and the components so that you could therefore write it how long does that take these these days this, well, the scenes, when I sit down in the morning and do my page, I have one of those like Hansa notebooks and I do the, my initial stuff on the backside. And then when I do my review, I use the part with the Chinese characters. Um, 
you can do those scenes pretty quickly. Like I remember the first after you stop the video and you 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 have the things like what the component parts are and then you make your own movie. Um, just doing it on my own sort of was a bit of a slow start, but I don't know. It's like anything; you do it every day, and you get better at it. I've learned I've learned if I make it exceptionally weird or exceptionally funny or just wrong that yeah. like the character for long. I remember the other day I, I did that one and it's Charlie Sheen as my ch character. And mm -hmm. so there may or may not have been long lines of blow on the ice skates. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I remember being like, Oh yeah, the ice skates and the loud oh, Charlie. Yeah. Long. Okay. Done. Cause there's that funny Isn't that great thing when with, your actor you know, works yeah. perfectly with the, with the <laughs> yeah. idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he may or may not have caused a lot of mayhem and you know the long line, but the long lines of blow like that made me laugh when I finally connected that when I was I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so. yeah. I I mean I could not share on the actual course like about uh, like thirty percent of my scenes would be not safe yeah. for uh, it's not safe for work. So no, just, you know, anything, right? Family friendly <laughs> in the in the actual yeah. course, but yeah things so many things are memorable about uh you know whether it's uh like violence or sexuality or drugs or something you know there's ways to incorporate all that stuff while you know uh and that just makes it memorable especially if you laugh if you find a way to laugh then yeah. it's you're gonna stick with it luke and i used to be well, you know, studying together and we would just break out laughing randomly yeah, as we're yeah. sitting silently yeah. across yeah yeah they're fun. now the the one thing i did i moved a lot as a kid so mm -hmm. It's like I, I realized when I was doing different housing, the different locations, that I had some trouble with. So I learned that, like, there was one period in my life, like, I used to love the Pink Panther. So I always make sure when I have a scene there that the, one of the, the, the character that, you know, does the pronunciation, the tone, is somehow interacting with those different props from different yeah. places. And that was because I, I had some troubles initially because. I know it's like, you know, how you block stuff out from your childhood. Um, so that I had to kind of, I, I mean, that's just by doing it every day, you pick up stuff, but that's helped. And then like you had said, it's, if it's gory or just funny or wrong, those are definitely, I'm getting better at making them really super weird. And then the recall yeah. is fast. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, that's Freddie Mercury doing that bizarre thing in Bucharest. That was one of mine when I was in Bucharest <laughs> is one of my, um, yeah. And so, oh yeah, it was near. And the, I think my favorite scene. There's two of them that you guys did. One of which was an undertaking where he's using bone finger to pluck a chicken, or <laughs> a rooster. I'm like the undertaking of the foam finger. It's yeah. just yeah. It's it's some of those are really funny. And then the one for chaotic where it was like a tongue and a toilet and a meat hook. I've never forgotten that character. It was just like, oh, this is so wrong and so funny and you don't forget it. Yeah, so those yeah. those were, I think, my two favorites, the ones when you guys were doing the video part. Yeah, yeah. We've been, we're adding more videos to the later uh, sections of the course too soon. So uh, keep an, oh, people cool. look out for that. But, um, but oh, yeah, yeah, so uh, so, have, have, so far it sounds like you said that you've had some real world impacts like you've been able to read more of the menus that you've seen around and like seeing yeah. some things characters around and i mean we're you're still yeah. kind of early in level 22 but like 
can you talk a little bit more about that? Like any th things you've noticed in your real life that have sort of changed, especially since you're in Beijing? Yeah, like the, the whole, I do like um, your focus on you don't know a word until you see it in context. And I have to say Ma Shang, your whole thing about Ma Shang has been really helpful. Like we have a front door guy. So I Ma Shang him the other day because I was like, didn't feel like dealing with some package or whatever. And I was like, oh, you know, Ma Shang, you know, I'll, I'll be. And I, the fact that it came out of my mouth, I Ma Shang him, he understood. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, it was just a little taste because I'm still having trouble yeah. with the the speaking portion but it it's and it's funny it just it's not linear it'll just suddenly pop like you'll know the word yeah so that's a yeah, really that's, weird that's, phenomenon like the way that it happens is mm -hmm. like you're reading and you're listening and you're reading and then it just comes into your head because that's is how it is in your native language it's right. not like you know ahead of time everything that you're going to say it's like it comes really soon before you actually say it and it's like some it's pretty much imperceptible yeah. it just feels as if I'm discovering yeah. what I'm going to say as I'm saying it. So it's like the, if you're doing the language acquisition correctly, the same thing should happen when you're in your uh, second language. So eventually you go and the situation warrants something being said and your brain just goes, okay, what's the pattern of sounds that will make that person understand and event it right. comes. And it's kind of cool. And so you just keep yeah. going with the uh, context and the, and the flashcards and the longer form texts. And eventually, you know, it just keeps happening. Yeah, yeah, your advice to just show up. I was like, yeah, I can do that. Because like I said, I'm, I'm not the most enthusiastic example, but I definitely don't want to leave China without being conversant. Like, I just feel like that would be a, an opportunity missed. And it's hard. But yeah, so I'm, I'm I try not to be too grim about it. <laughs> Yeah. But I have to admit, some some days I'm like I, I do feel a little grim. But then I, you know, I bang out my little page worth, and some, mm -hmm. and then some days I feel really excited, like it'll just like you say, it'll click, and all yeah. the levers are working in a fluid fashion. And I'm like, oh, this is doable. And then other days it was like, God, I just learned that this morning, and I, you know, what was that? Ugh. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, yeah, yeah. It's always it's, seems to be how it goes. It's like it's uh, I, uh, it's kind of like the stock market. It's sort of going up and down while generally going up in terms of your mood about it yeah. and your feelings about your own abilities and all of that. You know, uh, uh, I still have that feeling, you know, from time to time uh, about my own Chinese abilities. Like one day I'll be like, I'll be like, well, I sure do know a lot of Chinese. And then the next day I'll be talking to somebody about a topic that I'm not particularly fluent in, and I'll be like, oh man, am I like what am I doing teaching Chinese classes? I didn't even know what to say at this point where and it's like, it was actually super niche and it was completely reasonable that I didn't know, but still you'll have those like up and down feelings. But the main thing again, is like, as long as surrounding those emotions is the, but I'm still doing it every day, then it doesn't yeah. really matter. You're going to, you're going to eventually, yeah. you know, get exactly. Better, so. Um, yeah, I, th I agree. I agree with you that 80% of it is showing up and doing mm -hmm. whatever it is you need to do, whether regardless of how you feel about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, to some degree, you just have, there are certain days where, you know, I, I, it's like the no zero days versus zero days off mentality. So my zero days off mentality is much more like go getter. I'm going to, you know, do a lot today and just never take like zero days off. It sort of has this more active 
sort of uh, feel to it. But then other days I have to use the no zero days mentality, which is like, okay, I'm overwhelmed. There's got a lot going on right now, but I'm just going to make sure it's not zero. So I don't lose the habit. And you just fluctuate between those two. And then like, that's, that's usually how it goes. So um, cool. Awesome. Well, this is really interesting to hear um, what you've had to say about the course and like your experience. It's really um, so um, happy for you that you've uh, gotten a new lease on learning Chinese after considering uh, um, quitting before. And so I'm curious yeah. if you have any suggestions for us of how we could make the course uh, better uh, so that, you know, like if there was anything you came across and you're like, oh, I wish that they had this or, you know, um, if you have any suggestions for us. Um, the only, the only, cause I'm still shaky, even though I do all my stuff, it's like when the pinion first gets removed, I have to go back and forth to Pleco a lot to, mm. to make sure I've got the tones right. But it's like, I, I'm not going to say it's annoying, but sometimes I, I wish initially when you first see a word and it's from before the other component. Yeah. I, I'll have to switch in and out of Pleco a lot, you know? Okay. But, I mean, that's just, that's a small, stupid thing. It's not really a complaint. Mm -hmm. Well, no, I mean, that's good to know. I mean, so you're saying when you first learn a new word, even if yeah. you knew the characters before, just maybe on that page, yeah. having the pinion for the word would, would help. Just you for bit. the tones. Yeah. Cause it would just, cause sometimes I remember with, with, um, to reach, you know, the way and way, that, that took me a while, and, and I was like, shit, is that the second tone one or the fourth tone? No, it was Homer right. in the bathroom, so it's got, you know, and and then I'm like, god damn it. Um, that would just be a little sort of helpful the very first time you learn a new word, if it's especially if the second part of that is from before. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> from the distant yeah, and also, miss, you know, sometimes miss, the... Yeah. Yeah, sometimes the word has uh, a secondary pronunciation. Sometimes, as for as is exampled in "imwei" uh, or "imwei," you can have either one. Yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah. Well, well, I I've thought of that before. It's like it might be a good idea for us. Yeah, like you said, the first time you learn a new word, have the pinion there available. Yeah. And our, obviously, our theory was you've learned the character through the Henza movie method, but that's assuming. Oh yeah. That the, that's assuming that the word, because I mean, Anki and the Hensa movie method has a retention rate of about 90 to 95%, which is good, but it's not perfect. So what if it happens to be that you're in that five to 10% forgetting range when you're learning the new word, then you might be like, uh, or you're yeah. just not quite sure you actually had it right. You're like, oh, I, I think it's way, but I'm not, uh, was it way? And then you check right. and you were right, but still the fact that you were uncertain meant that you had to go to Pleco. So that makes sense. That's a good yeah. suggestion. Okay. Like I said, I'm not, it's not, I'm not complaining, but I just, it's, I'd rather be focused on the word than going to Pleco because I have to go in and out of, you know, I don't know, but yeah, I, yeah. it's, um, but then it'll stick. It's like, Oh, okay. You know, nice. Nice. Awesome. Well, I guess my final question then would just be, uh, would you recommend the course to anybody out there who might be uh, listening to this or viewing this? And uh, um, you know, if so, why or why not? Um, actually, I have a question for you, which is, sure. I would, I would, without reservations, and rec recommend Mandarin Blueprint, and I have, and yeah. the objection I always get, and I'm not really sure how to address it is, oh, that sounds mm. really involved, and it's like, well, mm. you know, Mr. Five Years in Beijing, HSK1, how's your method going? Yeah, that's what <laughs> I thought. Right. But, right. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like, so they'll tell you it sounds really involved. And I'm like, actually, once you 
kind of get it. It's not, it's mm -hmm. methodical. Sure. I would love to know, like, how do you, because I wish, I feel bad if people are letting the fact it feels overwhelming not have them because the, the price is right and your approach mm -hmm. is right. Like, what would, how would, how do you address that in a way that makes people want to explore it rather than being like, wow, that sounds really involved. It's like, oh, be yeah. quiet. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And of course, we've thought a lot about that. And, you know, one of the things that I think of is first, you need to be sure that you recognize, you know, what is involved in learning Chinese. Like I remember when I was in Beijing originally, I met a guy from uh, Iceland who had learned Mandarin. At the time, I didn't know much at all. And I asked him about it. And the first thing he said is like, it takes a while. You got to be prepared for it to take a while. So like, and that's because there's a lot of steps. Now that doesn't mean that you couldn't take the most efficient route through those steps, which is what Mandarin Blueprint is trying to do. We're trying to, you know, hence why we called the company Blueprint. It's like, here's where you go. You know, mapping Mandarin was another idea we had for the name of the company because it's like, you can't lower the amount of steps, but you can make it so that each step is not the wrong one and you're, you're heading in the right direction. So the first thing you yeah. have to recognize is, do you want to do this? Do you want to learn Mandarin? And if you do, then okay. Then the next question is, what's necessary to learn Mandarin? Well, you have to know the characters. You have to know the characters if you want it to be not full of homophones because the pronunciation only has 420 syllables. So you need to know the characters. And it's also the part of the language that has the most patterns for you to recognize, for your brain to naturally recognize. So if you only had to learn 100 characters, it would not be worth spending the time to learn a mnemonic system because it's only a hundred things you could probably memorize those but like you said you learned how to do the method in about 25 to 30 characters right well that's one percent of the amount of characters that you need to learn overall probably about three thousand is really where you want to go if you want to be able to like read the newspaper and stuff you can take you can do 600 and be able to get by in loads of situations but if you want to be able to read a book you're going to need about 3,000 characters, right? So if it only takes 1% of the characters to learn a method that makes learning the other 2,970 characters really fast, well, that's worth it, you know? So, um, it, but the question is, or but you have to remind people that it's like, you still have to learn 3,000 characters though. And you can't, even if it's 30 seconds per character or one minute per character, that's still, you know, 3,000 minutes. It's a lot of time. You know, you're not going to do it overnight. Yeah. So. As long as people are like, I'm committed to it, and they understand the steps involved, then Mandarin Blueprint's definitely the fastest way. But it's like, I get why people say it sounds really involved, but they just need to see it in the larger perspective, I think. Yeah, because I, like, I have my little, my little notebook where I have put in it, because I'd wanted like one stop. Um, for me, I, had, I remember reading one time, they said, if you want to remember things, you handwrite it. So I have it in my Anki, obviously, but, um, you know, to, to not be on my screen all the time, I do a lot of review just, um, and it's got like my, cause sometimes I'll forget my locations. I have those in the front. So every character, I don't know. I find it really helpful to have my little, my little book, but sure. I don't know. People are funny though. They're like, you know, yeah, it just seems so involved. And it's like, well, that's because it is. Um, but uh, yeah, if you if you ever come up with like a quickie little elevator speech for yeah. getting around that stupid hesitation, because I do recommend it, but people are just yeah. put off by, I think because it's, it's an unusual approach. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was just thinking yeah. in math. It's like it'll take it'll take you about thirty characters to get the hang of the method, and so those thirty characters yeah. might take you ten minutes a character because you're figuring right. it out. But then you now have two thousand nine hundred and seventy characters to go, and you have a power tool that you just installed in your brain. You know, it's like right. that's another analogy that I use sometimes. Is like imagine that you have to build a house, and you've got two tables. One table has conventional tools: hammer, saw, nails, and then there's some wood. And then you can immediately right. get started because the tools are fine. The other table has an unassembled power tool, right? That can do all the stuff, the other tools, but you have to assemble it first. And so you have to look at the instruction manual and figure out how do I assemble this power tool? And so the person who uses a hammer and nails and saw, they can get started right away. And you might even see them making progress. And you're like, oh no, I haven't even started yet. But as soon as you have your power tool installed, you're going to surpass them by, you know, a lot. So it's all a matter of how big the language is and the language is quite big. So it's well worth the time to, you know, figure out the mnemonic system. And then also yeah. it's fun. You were just talking about how like you were laughing and like, you know, coming up with humorous stories. I mean, how much more interesting is that than whatever, you know, rote memorization type of method people might do. So there's that, right. that as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and like I said, I found if I make it funny and a, and a little bit kind of racy, you know, then sure. I, I, it's much faster to remember the more conventional ones. Cause in the beginning I was doing more conventional stories and then I'm like, no, nah, you know, doing blow off ice skate blades. Yeah. Bing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can remember that. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> and I think, yeah. Right. And, and if you choose kind of flimboard, like Freddie Mercury is my F one and Samuel L. Jackson as Pulp Fiction with his gun <laughs> is yeah. so it's great like he's always threatening people and i remember in one of them luke said there's always you know fights and bloodshed i'm like but that works you know so mm -hmm. i guess i must oh, yeah. have a more violent streak. yeah <laughs> well you know it's like there you get more advanced with it too like in the sense that um some of the memory champions like the the people who are really great at memory athletics and place very highly in the world memory championships they'll say that at, when you when you start off you know violence and sexuality are very useful to get started with because they're so easily memorable like they're sort of um our evolution uh, has made us respond to both of those things very strongly so like they're quite good but mm -hmm. when you get really advanced like really black belt level memory stuff is when you start to connect times where you felt deep emotion about something to your okay. um scene so like and that could be something that isn't actually visual it could be something just like the time you felt super elated because the person you were interested in accepted your invitation to a date or something like that or a time your heart was broken or your a time you were um you know you lost somebody close to you or you uh, had this great experience with somebody and the emotion around that if you can somehow manage to trigger that in the scene that's super memorable that's like the the easiest thing to remember of all but it's a little bit more complicated to figure out where yeah i'm 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 still at the visual like you know my character oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is doing and stuff. you need it to yeah be no, i haven't got to have the uh the props and the, the actor and the stuff and stuff like that but sometimes if yeah. you can manage to be like wow freddie freddie mercury you reminded me of my uh you know my that childhood time where my little league team won the baseball game you know and then how excited you were right. or whatever you know it's something like that so um right <laughs> i was like he's the coach of your little league team or something <laughs> anyway um 
but uh yeah cool so it's been great to talk to you leslie i hope that um you continue to succeed with the course and uh assuming that you stick with it i would love to catch up with you again in you know a couple of months and see how you're doing yeah yeah no you won't you won't get rid of me that easy so. <laughs> yeah no i i really really appreciate um you know what you guys have done and those anki decks are unbelievable the amount of work the pronunciation one was really helpful and just yeah because i i just don't enjoy making making the cards yeah. so I'm yeah we know we figured we'd so make it make it for people make it easy for them yeah so they're great and then the sentences you know seeing the stuff in context and hearing the native speakers is super helpful the grammar building parts mm -hmm. but yeah fantastic yeah. fantastic well, thanks again, Leslie, and uh, you know I right. wish you wish you luck moving forward, and uh, we'll be in touch about seeing how you're doing in a couple months. Sounds good. All right, thank you. Bye, right, bye, bye. Bye, <laughs> Bye.